So um, have you been listening to the news that, um, what was it, the FBI just dumped all of uh, Osama bin Laden's uh, web history and files and like everything that was on his computer, they just put the whole thing online in one big archive? Yeah, I, I saw like something on Twitter or something about that. And I was like, wait, what? Like I, I couldn't, yeah. you know, that's amazing. Yes. You can go in and see his web cache. So it's like he was shopping for a Toyota Tacoma. And then he was watching Charlie bit me like I just all this really prosaic stuff. Um, but I was thinking we could try an experiment where we open up the challenge to the listeners. And then we just say like everybody hit the Osama bin Laden info dump and then send us some kind of response to it or using it as material or something. Oh like that. yeah. That's so cool. I wanted, I wanted to float that and I didn't know, you know, I thought, I wasn't sure if you wanted to talk about it ahead of time and then like say it again or just organically, we could just talk about it like this, or we could do a different challenge with our listeners uh, or do that one with a guest. So put that out there. Right. Yeah. Um, Why don't we do it? Why don't we see if we have a guest? If we have a guest, we'll just run it as normal, but then include any ones Mm -hmm. that people did. And then if we don't have a guest, we'll just, Worst case, it'll be just you and I. Next best case, mm-hmm. it'll be you yeah, and I. At least one other person, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. That sounds uh, good. Great. So should we should we bring it up again toward the end of the show? Yeah. Or should we just roll with what we just said? Let's bring it up again, just in, just in case. And then I can edit okay. it out if we don't. Sounds good to me. Cool. Oh. Uh, Rob, today we have a... Uh, an episode where it's just it's you and me on our lonesome it what is. do you think about that you feel feel good about it i feel good yeah i feel like my mm-hmm. my project is gonna take some it takes a little time to unravel mm-hmm. so maybe that's mm-hmm. a good thing <laughs> oh man my project took a lot of time to ravel let me tell you what oh really Woo! actually JSL. yeah that's i had a, a lot i had a problem too i i really i stewed I didn't, I like kept um, kind of orbiting the actual idea for a super long time, trying to figure out mm-hmm. where to land on the, on the planet, you know? Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, f- I finally got there. I think it was all partially because my, my dreams were bigger than my ability and time. Uh, I mean, that's kind of, kind of what this format's all about. It is. <laughs> how do you, how do you capture the dream? And yeah, a few, a few evenings or less. Rob, don't let your dreams stay dreams. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll I'll try not to. <laughs> Are you familiar with where that comes from? No. Uh, that's the uh, I'm, I'm uploading a link to it right now. This is something you should definitely be aware of. But Shia LaBeouf, he uh, he got up in front of a like he he weirdly has these aspirations to be a, uh, a conceptual artist. Yeah, um, yeah, and I can't tell how seriously he takes himself, but he, he got in front of a green screen and did a bunch of shouting about not letting your dreams stay dreams in order to sort of memify himself. And, and he was successful. Usually you can't go and just demand that you become a meme, but, but he did it. He has a lot of, he had that sort of ongoing war with like the alt-right Pepe crowd, right? Yeah. It was something like he got uh, a contemporary gallery in New York to put up, a closed circuit camera that was pointing at a wall with some kind of bland political message. And then you yeah. could, you know, go 
and be there. And so I think the alt-right, we're getting there and trying to, um, you know, is when it, I mean, that's the problem with those kinds of projects where you say people can do anything, but then there's a way to ruin it. I mean, that's just, you know, you can't, you can't make conceptual art so easily ruinable. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you've got some experience with that, right? You, you've had a number of pieces where people can interact with it. Does that ring a bell for you where uh, you put something up and maybe you got like a, a surprising response or, um, or somebody did indeed uh, ruin it in a way you didn't, you didn't anticipate? Yeah. I mean, I think interactive art in general has a, it's sort of asking the, the person to either play along or if they decide to not play along, somehow it still has to work, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I really like interactive work because of that, but it is, God, it feels weird to even say interactive art right now. All of a sudden I was like, whoa. Like, feels feels too old or too e- limiting? Yeah, too old, I guess. I kinda, yeah, it just feels like, I don't know, art is so, yeah. I don't really even understand art anymore, I don't think, in like 2017. Um, Do you consider what we're doing right now uh, art? Um, yeah. Well, like, if someone was like, would you do this in an art gallery, I would say yes. You know. Yeah. Well, well, what wouldn't you do in an art gallery? Um, <laughs> and I've seen you do some unusual things in an art yeah. gallery. <laughs> yeah. I w- yeah. No. Uh, I wouldn't. I guess what I mean is like I I don't mind it being contextualized by art, like mm-hmm. where I think like if someone was at, asked me like would you would you like if someone was like would you i'm looking for people to take a shower in an art gallery mm-hmm. for no reason yeah i probably wouldn't do it because i'd be like i don't really i don't think it's a good art idea <laughs> where where i think maybe yeah. having a pod like recording a podcast and sort of making a project in an art space is a good idea like i don't know mm-hmm. um yeah, I guess it's subjective. Well, well, there's a couple layers there, though. Like uh, the taking a shower in the art gallery requires a, a fair amount of um, exposure <laughs> on your yeah. part, right? Yeah, and just um, like, like um, it's a little bit too ridiculous or something. I don't know, you know, or like too... Uh, I think it's not ridiculous enough. Yeah, maybe, yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't aspire. <laughs> it's like a lot of wackiness without a lot of aspiration. And these days I'm sure. trying to, I'm trying to feel Jen and I have this word that we use like neo-enthusiasts. Um, <laughs> it's Jen's word. I, I sort of co-opted it, but it's sort of about like embracing your, like, like it's kind of like nerding out, you know, like, like doing uh-huh. something because you're really excited and into it as opposed to doing something that like you just think would make you cool or, you know, like, or not doing something because you're, Afraid, worried about being uncool. Uncool, yeah, exactly, yeah. I think the thing that's about art for me is a lot of people make art to be in the realm of art, to be like in the art conversation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that conversation is really important to them, like just having what they do be seen, contextualized by art history and by contemporary work and by art goers and by art critics and by art galleries. I don't feel like anything I do has to only be seen that way. 
you know, and I don't sort of have um, attachment like to my own well-being through that through that world, you know, like like I don't mm. I don't have to think about like well if I don't do a show this year, would I be able to get a full time job? You know, like because right. my CV doesn't have that kind of. And mm-hmm. some people say it's careerist, but I think it's also just like I mean, if you're going to teach art, like you should be art. You should know what is happening in art, you know, <laughs> and like you should be an active participant in art. I think in order to teach it. Um, well, I, I I could offer a counterpoint to that, and I've been uh, wrestling with uh, this a lot because I'm supposed to be taking this sabbatical year to you know presumably engage in exactly what you're talking about, but I keep finding myself being attracted to work on things that fall outside that classical definition. Yeah. And I think I have some work to do there to, you know, identify what is it that I don't want to do just because I don't like it (laughs) Uh where it's, uh you know, there's plenty of things that are valuable that you don't like to do Uh, some valuable because you don't like to do them. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I feel like, um, I don't know. For me, the arts practice has always been if I feel strongly about something like, I mean, clearly we, we made it. I mean, we didn't just do a couple episodes and Peter out. I think this is 18 or something. It is. And that's, you know, that's a lot of hours. Like we're getting up close to, I don't know, 40 hours or whatever it is of material online. And, um, you know, and then there's this sort of audience that we can start to understand through our website analytics and so forth. And the fact that I don't really know what that is and, exactly how it falls into a traditionally defined arts practice that's part of why i really like it uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well rob should we talk uh should we talk projects we what should. you got going on are right, you first or me first we also never we never did the intro that's the other thing oh <laughs> welcome to the opposable thumbs podcast opposable thumbs is a podcast where taylor and rob tackle a new creative challenge every two weeks and we talk about our accomplishments failures and lessons learned and if you haven't figured it out yet we don't have a guest this week. It's Taylor and nope. I flying, flying like what the Wonder Twins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Form of ice. Oh, you're the water. You're the water one. Was one of them water? Was the other one plastic? An- animal. Animal. Yeah. Have you seen it all? The Vietnam War series by Ken Burns and Lynn Novak. No, I I heard uh, I heard those guys interviewed on Mark Maron's show. Have we revealed? Have we revealed to our audience that you're currently stalking Mark Maron? I, I'm stalking him on accident, but I am stalking him. He lives not. He lives not too far from me, and and he's often at a restaurant that I quite enjoy. So, eventually, we're going to slap an opposable thumb sticker on his car. <laughs> yeah, have you started carrying a sticker just in case you see? I I have. Yeah. Yeah. nice yeah i have got, i have like 10 in, 10 in my bag in case you know it comes up fantastic i love it uh well i think we just went like five steps deep uh were you about to say okay so you said welcome to the podcast what's the other thing we have to say should we introduce ourselves real quick sure why don't you or go we, first or, since we're going going off the rails today oh yeah i'm well i'm taylor i'm an artist educator and diy evangelist based in chicago and i'm a he his kind of guy and uh my name's rob ray uh, i use the he his gender pronoun and i um live in los angeles and build websites for people uh and um occasionally do art shows <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that's my very impromptu I, i've mm-hmm. decided i'm not going to read the paragraph so you were saying oh the vietnam war um uh yes I, oh and then mark Marin, because i had heard them interviewed on mark Marin briefly 
and it sounded really interesting, particularly the way that they could get people from either side of the conflict to describe a, a particular event. Sounded yes. Amazing. Yeah, it's good. I've seen a few mm-hmm. of them. Um, it's, I mean, it's like maybe, it's maybe almost, it's at least 15 hours long. Like, mm-hmm. it's huge. A lot. Yeah, it's huge. And I've watched um, maybe six or seven hours worth. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You lightweight. Yeah, it's really good. I'm bogging down a little bit, but it's, sure. it's, it's really good. I encourage, I encourage listeners to look up Ken Burns' photo on the internet. I think the dying of the dying the gray out of one's hair with um, blunt force, which is what he does. Shoot, shoot polish. Yeah, should be called the Ken Burns effect. Damn. <laughs> this is coming from a guy who's been dyeing his hair since he was like 13. Totally, yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy to rock the Ken Burns effect. I'll own it in that way. I can't even imagine what your hair would look like in a natural color. That would be disconcerting. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, his hair, It it's interesting. I mean, I assume that's his actual hair. What do you think? It couldn't, think po- it it couldn't possibly be. But it couldn't possibly be like a piece. Yeah, Although it has a true. really yeah, sort of yeah. helmety, helmety look to it. Yeah, he has a real interesting haircut that makes you kind of wonder what's up with it. So this one... I found this one to be like I picked something that just kind of snowballed into a a sequence of problems. So I had to kind of like come back around and change what I was trying to do. Hmm. So take a look and see. But, you know, perhaps one of the things that you can identify when you're looking at it is what you, you think I was hoping to arrive at versus what I arrived at. Cool. Oh, there's lots of files in here. So um, I have I have a zip. Um, should I sort numerically so they're in order that way? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, there's zero through twelve, so there's thirteen. Uh, and there's there's a bunch of actual audio files in here, so I don't know how you want to do the cues when it comes to editing. Oh yeah, cool. I can uh, I'll patch them in. Okay. So the f- <laughs> the first one is a rasterize option. So it's some sort of uh, image or something that you're exporting down to a 72 DPI bitmap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, image compression. Next one is, okay. So the next one is your bitmap options, which is a .bmp file for folks who, who always wondered what that meant. And then... Um, Windows file format and a one bit depth. And I don't know what that means, uh, but that seems low. <laughs> it's the lowest setting. The highest one Basically is 32. Black and white. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is, it's is, either black yeah. or white, right? It's either. Yeah. One bit. Cool. Okay. Then, oh, and the next shape is, um, looks like kind of a, it's a white rectangle, you know, uh, on end. So it's, Pointing in the upward direction, up and down, a vertically oriented rectangle, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. a with a black dot in the bottom, close to the bottom. It sort of looks like um, a very oversimplified version of a "Do Not Disturb" door hanger on a 
on a hotel <laughs> room door, <laughs> but upside down because the, the dots on the bottom. Um, I'm not sure why that popped in my head, but it did. This guy travels for work. Yeah, yeah. The second, the second one. Okay, so the first one is called circle, and it is a black circle. The next one is that same vertical rectangle, thin vertical rectangle with some small little one, two, three stair steps. Um, and like its most simplified iconographic representation. Mm-hmm. Then the next shape is triangles in the same location at the bottom. Wow. And then it looks like you're importing the raw data. Uh-huh. I have a sense of where this might be going. Im- importing. Uh, it looks like you might be importing one of these bitmap images in as audio into some sort of software because it has an import raw data and it says one channel mono, which is an audio setting. And the sample rate is 441 uh, kilohertz, which is also an audio setting. So we went from images to audio. Aha. Yeah. Oh, Oh, Whoa. Okay. So now we're looking at um, audacity, right? I think. Mm -hmm. And audacity is a, is a open source audio editor. It's pretty darn good. It looks really crappy, but it's what it's I'm recording nice in right now. Yeah. And we have these, we have three tracks. There's, um, the first track looks like the stair. It's like an audio file that looks like the stair step. So an audio file, um, sort of, uh, Audio files are often rendered in software to look like a waveform. And the waveform, in this case, there's three of them. One looks like the stair steps. The second one looks loosely like a kind of a ramp shape or a triangle, sort of like a triangle. And then the next one is a sort of half circle shape. So um, Mm -hmm. almost like the sun rising on the horizon. And it looks like... If you played those, they would all be three played at the same time, and it probably sounds like a, a great, horrible mess. Whoa! And there it goes. <laughs> the, <laughs> I just played six shapes circle dot WAV. So that was the circle shape, and it went... It sounded like... like if a, good. If a mouse <laughs> had a circular saw and accidentally <laughs> turned it on real quick, that's what it would sound like. Oh, and then there's... The stair shape, and oh, it's actually much more, it's a little bit more bloopy bleepy than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because each stair step is a kind of oscillation of the sound. Oh, and then the triangle wave is a really good sound because the triangle wave has a kind of distortion y kind of buzzsaw kind of sound. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh. I'm enjoying your descriptions, man. This is your calling. <laughs> And then we've got a, another bitmap called Bring, B-R-R-I-N-G. And it's um, three bars. It's the same uh, ver- uh, vertically oriented rectangle with three bars and then a thick bar at the bottom. So almost like uh, three lines, um, hmm, like a hamburger kind of navigation on a mobile website <laughs> in that upper left-hand corner. It's like that kind of three three stacked horizontal bars and then beneath it is a kind of thick bar that's kind of um i don't know so this is kind of embarrassing to say it looks like hitler's mustache let's just put it that way now (laughs) what i don't know is 
it just made me wonder like did hitler's mustache have a name before hitler wore it was it called like you know the scotsman or something like <laughs> the exchequer I'm going to research this while you're <laughs> the exchequer <laughs> take it back dude <laughs> yeah we got it yeah that would be tough <laughs> for, for the bold soul who thinks like they could wear hitler's mustache and just be like no no this isn't about hitler <laughs> i just well, enjoy this mustache type robert raybert if wikipedia can be believed it's known as the toothbrush mustache oh okay there you go yeah, there we go and it and oh it looks it looks like uh robert mugabe had a, ver- a version um that was so narrow it was only found within his um philtrum oh uh, the philtrum philtrum yeah yeah the, the little divot uh immediately underneath your nose wow that is not a good look yeah that's i'm gonna have to post <laughs> it's like a flavor saver goatee but on the wrong side yes like, well, it's like an inverted hitler mustache yeah kind of. yeah, yeah um yeah why why did Mugu- and yeah I, sh- I should have thought that um of course uh uh hardy of laurel and hardy had one before oh hitler yeah had it, i believe right or maybe it was it was around the same time how early were those guys were they world war one era i think of them as being world war one mm-hmm. we're putting some really disturbing stuff up on the uh or uh, even earlier maybe maybe 19th century i don't know oh michael jordan mm-hmm. he had one uh when he uh was in the haynes commercial Reactions from the press were unfavorable. Uh, oh, I'm playing now the the wave file that is accompanying this. Wow, that's a really nice jam. That's number oh, ten. Man. Yeah, I was like, glad you like it. Yeah, it had a, a gallop. It was nice. And now, oh, so number eleven. So 11 looks sort of like a striped scarf. It's that same vertical rectangle with, or almost like a DNA sequence or a barcode, but sure. turned on its side. Mm-hmm. That's how I think about it. Um, uh, let's see. What, uh, oh, so that's, oh, wait. And take a good close look at that one. Like zoom way in on it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Thank you for suggesting that. Mm-hmm. there's a triangle in the background is that right like a kind of mm-hmm. and there's go cr- deeper Rob go deeper <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a if so I there's a, a dollar there's a triangle shape in the background <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm trying to go deeper there's some gray uh, spaces filling in the in between the um kind of barcode I shapes just, i just meant zoom in more oh zoom in more let me see oh oh it's got um that gray space is made out of dots mm-hmm. pattern dots and some x's Thus we're, we're back to our one one bit depth oh that's right right yeah one bit depth is going to turn everything into like some sort of very ooh, very simple shape mm-hmm. oh i'm zoomed all the way in now and everything is it's just a dot. It's like a dot matrix, like a perfect dot, um, like kind of cross hatching patterns. Mm-hmm. Checkerboard is the word I was trying to find, come up with, but with various um, variations. <laughs> so some of they're not some of them aren't perfect checkerboard, 
they're like uh have different kind of spacing and stuff mm-hmm. should i move on to the next wave file for sure all right Ooh. oh yeah that's cool it's very um old school video game sounding Mm-hmm. And it has a kind of repeating pattern. <laughs> it sounds good. It sounds like a Game Boy. Yeah, you, I think you have more uh, experience than I do in terms of crafting electronic music. So I'm curious to hear your opinions about it. Yeah, I like it. It's um, it's it's like 160 BPM. It's like it's jamming. Uh, That's right. Yeah. So, ha- so I'm curious how we got to number twelve. So, how'd you get from one to the other? Yeah, I was curious, like how they came, how how there's. It seems I'm going to speculate that like some of the shapes sort of begat their shapes, or they sort of got merged together or synthesized in a way. So the the idea, like I was thinking about improv, and it's kind of hard to get away from music, right? I, I think a, a more interesting thing, and I'll be curious to see what you do, but um, would be to maybe improvise in a way that's not so distinctly associated. But of course, I had music on my mind. And then from a previous episode, I'd been messing around with image glitching. And one of the yep. tra- trails I'd followed that didn't pan out then was how to go back and forth with Audacity. So you can import images as long as they're bitmap format. You can import them as raw data into Audacity. And I think that the intended idea was that you import an image and then you lay a bunch of effects on it, like reverb and stuff like that, and then you push it back out and then the visual is changed. So this was sort of putting that on its head where I was trying to improvise uh, visuals and then to push those into Audacity and just see what they sounded like. So um, sort of reversing... Like a like a middle outing, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so my hope was that I would just, you know, I I'm pretty handy with Photoshop and Illustrator and all that. So my hope would, was that I discover pretty quickly. Oh yeah, if, you know, if I do this, then I get a change in pitch, and if I do that, I get this other thing, and then I could just like make these little abstract compositions, and they push out into audio. But man, let me tell you, it was not that easy. <laughs> so. I just battled for like a week and a half just trying to nail down how to get um, repeatable results. Yeah, yeah. And so I did a lot of work in Photoshop, and eventually I went to Illustrator. So one of the interesting things in Illustrator is that um, the bitmap is red from bottom to top, whereas if you push out from Photoshop, it's red from top to bottom when it goes into Audacity. So that's like a weird thing. if you uh, just allow it to read the entire image file, the header is uh, garbage as far as Audacity is concerned, so you get a really aggressive click. Uh-huh. So you have to like bring in the image but carve off the first 10 bytes of information. And so there was just all this work. Like, you know, when you're outputting a bitmap, you have, um, so say you have like a 50% gray. Uh, three of the common bitmap algorithms are um, diffusion pattern and noise. And so the noisy stuff was way too noisy just in terms of making like a static on the back end. So, you know, I had to use like these specific output algorithms and then was finding that if you went for like a hundred percent black, then you would, um, you would blow out the, um, uh, the levels 
but then like under 30% gray wouldn't do anything. And so, so let me tell you, dude, there was just a lot of super boring fucking work. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so I was kind of despairing as I got towards the end. And then I finally started to science that shit where, um, you know, I brought it into Illustrator, I laid out a grid template, and then I had guidelines, and I'd give myself, like, here's where the beats will fall, and then I subdivided the grids in between the guidelines so that I was working at a 4-4 time, and so on. You know, ultimately, I, I left purity behind a little bit, because um, changing the pitch of something, and the, or rather changing the tempo of something was really complicated because you just have to have more pixels in the file. Yeah. So you right. can t- you can take the same image and push it out of Illustrator, but just give it a different resolution, and then like the 300 pixel would DPI drop. Or yeah, yeah, super right. different. Yeah. So 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 to make little changes, ultimately I just pushed the image out and then slowed it down twenty percent um, in Audacity. So I sacrificed a little bit of purity there. Uh, wow. Similarly, the the bring one you're talking about, that one is is super cut up in Audacity. So it was just one. The image file that comes immediately before is the one that where like the core tones come from, and then I just got in there and like you know jungled it up. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, and, and for those that don't know that reference, Rob, how, how would you how would you describe jungle music? Oh. Jungle, jungle to me. I, uh, <laughs> we're getting it. Ugh. So it's a breakbeat. It's a form of like breakbeat based music. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, uh, jungle. Uh, well, yeah, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but can, no, can no, you yeah. Like whether, in the, whether in the world right. of drum and bass, like um, yeah, yeah, and sort of having like a, a I think of like a, a sort of a different accenting pattern. Mm-hmm. like on the one and the three kind of like um uh or the two and the four like uh, you know it's like it just um <laughs> yeah wow uh how to describe it's almost like like an alien land and be like how would you describe your music <laughs> you're like well, well uh, let me let me pitch this to you and tell yeah, me if I'm cool. wrong. yeah so, so my understanding and we should also put up a link to that incredible piece I think we, we should. I, I tried emailing that fellow. I'll have to look up his name to see if he wants to come on. Maybe uh, if we can get him in the future. But uh, my understanding is that there's this one particular song from like 1968, this B-side from this not very well-known funk band that has this one break, and it's like eight measures yeah, long. Yeah, the eight right? break. And, yep. Right, and so it's it's that one that goes and then when you get to the fourth one it's so there's like a different pattern on that fourth i mean yeah, that's a like common a fill. yeah yep. progression right and so my understanding is that if you break that out and then you you cut it up exceedingly fine where you're getting almost all the way down to individual drum hits then that's your entire palette for the foundation of jungle music where you just take those things and cut them up and reorganize them uh, to your heart's content. So it's, it sort of starts from a really limited palette and then sees how much complexity you can build out from that rhythmically. Does that sound accurate to you? Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. Uh, for me, dr- drum and bass or, and jungle, you don't necessarily rely only on that, on those, sa- on that sample. I mean, it is mm-hmm. a very heavily used breakbeat. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think of drum and bass as almost like it's like if you took a rap 
like a, like samples that are often done in rap music, which are like typically maybe a hundred BPM or something, and sped them up to like one sixty. It has this kind of syncopation, I guess is maybe the right word. Um, wow, well done, one sixty to one eighty beats per minute. You are you are definitely not cool or super cool if you can pull out <laughs> a, an obscure musical uh, um, subsections uh, average BPM BPMs. Well, because I think according to Urban Dictionary. Oh, really? Yeah, nice. Yeah, I mean, look, I, a lot of like techno falls into like one twenty five to one forty. And like mm-hmm. 140 is, and if you ever see like drum and bass dancers, mm-hmm. they're definitely like faster, you know, like I really like drum and bass for that. Like it, it's kind of frenetic, you know? Um, yeah. Have you, have you continued? Are you still uh, releasing uh, uh, DJ sets and so forth? Or is I that am, something you've put aside? I'm, I'm working on one right now. It's been a long time. But I'm, yeah. I actually, part of my broken dreams around this episode <laughs> revolve around that. <laughs> Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to find this thing to show you. I don't know if you've seen it. And unfortunately, it looks like Parallax is a comics publisher. But there's, you know, and am I using the term right? Have you ever seen those sort of um, like fake Parallax they can do with the iPad, for example, where you sort of move around and it does, you move your eyes around and it does facial recognition so it can actually change the perspective oh. on an image as you're looking around. So it really makes the, 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 the 3d, you know, space within the iPad looks super believable. That's cool. Um, protonopia. It's P R O T A N O P I A. Um, and I'm seeing it here on an iTunes preview, but it's not live because iTunes doesn't know how to do the fancy stuff that it wants to do yeah so i think actually now that i'm looking at it i think it's a lot simpler (laughs) it's actually really funny too uh it's a lot simpler than it's not recognizing your face or anything i think it's just using the tilt sensor yep um in the ipad to give you these kind of different visuals but it's really effective isn't it that's really cool yeah it's almost looks like the the old school 3d baseball trading cards yeah, for sure. But with more, but with motion, you know, mm-hmm. that there's a kind of fixed back layer and then they sort of layered. That's really neat. P-R-O-T-A-N-O-P-I-A. We will link to that in show notes. Yeah, definitely going to get this link up. Anywho, Rob, give me your stuff. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see. Okay, so I have a video. So this video is, um, it's a little bit long. It's about 10 minutes long, but we can kind of talk through it as it's happening. It doesn't need to be like a thing that we, um, yeah, let's, let's watch it together. Cool. So I'm playing it and I'm already interested because it looks like, um, if you Google random number generator, you can get something you can. straight out of Google. Yeah. It's pretty was, neat that they offer that. I was just complaining about roll 20s random number generator last night when my party was like six ones in a row. <laughs> So, you know, I was, it's funny, I was thinking about this exact thing. So what is it now that we're looking at this, um, the spectrum, is it a spectrum analyzer? Oh, you hit play. Audio? Um, let's roll, let's roll back to one second. Sorry, I didn't hit play. Okay. I'm at 31 seconds if you just want to catch oh. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Unless you wanted to discuss that specific number that went by. Um, 
No, not yet. Uh, actually, so one thing. Let's just note, just to note. Mm-hmm. Um, I started it for random for my 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 minimum on my random number generation. I started at twenty five, and on the maximum, mm-hmm. I started at seventeen fifty. Mm-hmm. And then I generated okay. a number fourteen fifty four. So I'm assuming it's a frequency range, given what we're seeing next. Yes, it is. Um, Do you see what, what the name at? of the software is in the title? Cubic SDR. Yeah. So so maybe to look up what that is, and that will that will unlock a lot of secrets. Okay, let's take a look. Uh, cross-platform software-defined radio. Ooh. I like where this is heading. So yeah. it's a it's a you're tuning into a band or something. Yeah. So a software defined radio is like this little USB stick um, mm-hmm. that kind of off. I don't ironically, understand it's ex- a piece of hardware. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. But it's yeah, but defined by software. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I haven't dug into exactly how it works, but as I understand it, what it does is it sort of takes. Um, your computer's horsepower and display and everything and uses that mm. for the radio part, you know, um, or uses mm. that to sort of allow you to tune in to radio. So if you were to buy an AM FM radio from like a dollar store, right, you mm. would, you have a piece of hardware that's been custom built to receive frequencies from on the FM dial, say 88.1 um, megahertz mm. to like, uh, I don't know, hundred and, yeah one yeah right right yeah 108 somewhere right in there um where a software defined radio says like well anything that comes to the antenna is fair game roughly Mm, it's not totally true it's not totally true but it's it's right in there and um and it has hardware that sort of says okay from this one is a cheap one i got it for 18 dollars or something on on amazon and it's um Mm -hmm. Its range is essentially twenty five megahertz to one to one point seven five gigahertz, so one thousand seven hundred fifty megahertz. And so, so getting I d- up towards Wi Fi, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so what I did is I was like, well, I'm going to roll a number, but in that range, and then tune in to that frequency and see what I can hear. Cool. And so what Taylor's looking at right now is is me finding is asking Google for the random number between 25 and 1750. And then I plug that into this software that um, they call it the waterfall. And it's essentially looks like a stream of data kind of flowing down. And then you can sort of pick what it looks like, what, what you're visualized data. It's like exactly. a histogram. Kinda. Yep. Yep. Like and the little spikes reader. there are sort of stronger signals than just your, mm-hmm. um, what they call like your noise floor, which is just like, Whoa. Cool. Can we play it some? Oh, there are web based SDRs, which I found out after buying one, um, <laughs> where people have their SDR on the web. So you mm-hmm. could play it. Uh, you can go online and actually listen to an SD, uh, someone else's SDR, which is a really cool idea because like, nice. Radio is still defined by your location, right? So someone in New York mm-hmm. is going to be able to hear different things on their SDR than someone in Los Angeles. I still don't understand this whole thing well about how, particularly with shortwave radio, how it can yeah. just travel so far under such low power. It, it does still seem really mysterious and um, kind of magical, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know radio theory enough to know it either. Like, yeah. Why like classic, like what they call HF radio. Yeah. You can, you can do like moon bounce with like very, very low signal. Which they call it like QRP. Yeah. You can bounce a signal off the moon and back at you. The, the moon is actually a horrible reflector because it's so pitted, but you can't yeah. put the thing back. So I'm getting that great, uh, like really low sound. Yep. And at the bottom of the screen, I'm going to pause this for a second because it's sure. changing. So at the bottom of the screen, I have that sort of visualization, uh, which looks kind of like an animation where um, the data is mapped horizontally at any particular moment and then flows down um, to show uh, changes over time. Over, yeah, it almost looks like a mountain range or something, right? Yeah, with like peaks. One of the things you're seeing is that there's like a blue box at the top mm-hmm. and that's essentially a zoom of where you click. So if you mm-hmm. click mm-hmm. on a, on a peak, to, so with SDR, you're looking for like these little peaks on the mountain range and the peak is some sort of transmission of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you click on it, you're sort of like, it's so fine and narrow banded. Like you don't often, you kind of miss it. So there's a little zoom layer where you can zoom in Good. to get to the next one. That's super uh, cool, man. Yeah, it's for for eighteen bucks. It's like really a lot of fun, um, and it's a very like very very. I mean, this is a free open source project, and it's like a study in data visualization and user interfaces. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just really like how do you how do you create a, a navigation system so anyone can sort of s- scan a very broad set of data inputs click Mm -hmm. on one and then experience it you know so part of what i'm curious to see okay so now we're getting in here to do something more specific so we're generating a new random number uh, that gets input as the new frequency yep super bizarre interface for the change in frequency yeah it's Uh, a little like it almost looks like an odometer or something yeah so part of what I'm curious to see is that if you will, moving forward, crystallize your experiments into um, some kind of you know product, or is, is this more about a demonstration of what, what can be found? Yeah. Okay, have you switched over into like a new interface mm-hmm. kind of looking thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now we're in uh, live. I don't know live. That is, yeah. Ableton Live is, yeah, it's like a, essentially like an audio editor, very similar to Audacity. Oh yeah, didn't you get hooked on this when you were uh, developing video games? Yeah, I've been, I've been a fan of live for a long time, uh, but it's really good for so many things. Like yeah, like like audio, you can use it as a live instrument tool. You can use it, which a lot of people use it for. You can use it to do what I'm doing here, which is like laying out eight different tracks and like mixing them together. So what you're seeing now is about three hours of yeah me editing down that one audio file into different stuff. It is really funny when we wind up doing stuff that is so spiritually related. Yes, isn't it? Because we've always made an effort not to talk about these projects while we're working on Yeah, we definitely, it was really neat to hear your project has some definite overlap. So, yeah. So so I I might need to turn the audio back up because the uh, radio uh, was super loud. Yeah. It it will get to a finished piece. Oh, yeah. You, You may be there. I'm about halfway in. It's the timeline's currently playing, but I'm not really getting any audio. Oh, you know. 
would be sad. So let me uh, scrub a little bit. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, no audio. Oh, no. Technical limitations. <laughs> oh, no. Let me... Um... Can, can you can you just play it on your computer on your end? I can, and I will. Or will I not be able to hear it? No, I will. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, documentation malfunction. Yeah. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> all my all my work. Oh well. Mm-hmm. It's okay. So is it just not recorded? I think I didn't. I think when I screen capped uh, it, it didn't record oh, the audio. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, okay, I have it right here. Mm-hmm. This is the thing about always saving your work. <laughs> Yeah, while you're pulling it up, I just bought a uh, network-attached storage. Oh, really? Um, yeah, where I'm going to RAID 1, mirror 2 drives. Uh, you could. I, I bought two 4-terabyte drives on Newegg for 120 bucks. It was insane. <laughs> wow, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine a terabyte when we got started in this field. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. How long before we're talking petabytes like it's nothing? I know. Yeah, like it's nothing. What even comes after a petabyte? I tried to find a joke in there somewhere, but I couldn't find one. I was trying to. I was trying to, and I gave up pretty quick. Like, oh, oh, oh. We could edit all this interstitial part out and just, like, hit it real hard. Come down the punchline. <laughs> like let's try this real quick what would be something funny about that after a petabyte i tried to get into like pedophile but i couldn't like the kid bite you back <laughs> a pedo bear yeah <laughs> how about a um uh didn't they didn't they decide in california didn't somebody uh try to get the unit uh hella to have a scientific relevance oh really i think it was like a san francisco thing some academic was trying to establish hella as like the size of the galaxy or whatever that's really good that's really good. All right, make it make it seem like we just blasted that one out. <laughs> Those guys are so quick. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to upload you an audio file. Cool. Because I feel horrible. <laughs> no, this... Dude, don't sweat uh, it. Man. See, showing, cool. showing your warts is it's the best. It's so free. It's part of it. Yeah, it's part of it. Yeah, like I don't know everything. Okay, here we go. JSL, I hope we're living up to your um, your idea of what you thought this episode would be about. Yeah, the, the time-based part was interesting because I, I had a lot of ideas that I was like, I don't know. Like the creation of the thing might be time-based, but the, mm-hmm. the end product, the end result wouldn't necessarily be, and I kind of wanted it to be. Um, yeah. And... Um, Yeah, so I was pretty. So, do you know you are listening to? It's um, it's this website that takes an ambient music track from SoundCloud, and then a live um, police scanner feed from the city you pick and puts them together. So, like, you are listening 
to Los Angeles is like an ambient music track with um, mm-hmm. Police Skinner in the background. And it's very soothing and a lot mm-hmm. of fun to listen to. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and I kind of wanted to take... I kind of wanted to flip that on its head, so I'm taking the radio f- wait the radio frequencies that I'm recording, sort of in a sort of 21st century scanner way through a software defined radio, and making that the music, you know, or making that mm-hmm. the piece. Um, so I kind of wanted to make something in the realm of that. And then I mentioned this before, but Neil Jinden has a podcast called One Electronic Sound for Five Minutes, and that made me want to make this track that I made for five minutes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. as a just kind of like homage to his podcast so i got it playing on my end and we're just starting out with like uh wind on the highlands yeah it's a it's a very ambient track so it's it's never going to break out into like um you it know, sounds rights, pretty organic though. or something yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm <laughs> and then yeah so you started out with uh non-musical but then there's sort of like helicopter rotor blades coming in yeah yeah and a lot of those sounds are um coming from the sdr i think a lot of those are um like processor chips like in your phone or in your laptop like things that have an oscillator circuit boards yeah yeah and so the sdr picks those up but the oscillator would actually you'd be able to hear those as distinct cycles I, I, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I don't. That's a good. I don't know. Yeah, like a thousand, like a one gigahertz processor. I don't know what that would possibly sound like. That's a good, that's a I good imagine question. that would just sound like a square wave, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. So right now, there's definitely, yeah, yeah, right about that fast. And then you've got some really high notes coming in. Yeah, and I think those high notes are the with like the in that one gigahertz range yeah and then some of the like the classic uh radio static and uh kind of theremony yep yep shifts in tone sounds kind of like a like if a instrumental t-pain <laughs> oh t-pain would I, we should really try to get t-pain on the podcast i think he'd go for it he might he, might. he just might he has like a book tour or something where he would need to like do some <laughs> out- outreach to intellectuals yeah. or something. <laughs> I find out who T Pain's manager is. That's always the key. Hey man, you're you're the LA guy. You got to <laughs> handle this. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, his manager probably lives like right down the street or something. So like the walk, um, walking his dog down the street. So you've definitely got a. Uh, you're definitely finding the dynamic changes and sort of identifying the musical characteristics of things that are otherwise not intended for or produced by that format. Yeah, yeah. I tried to pick like the like. Ooh, this one's got some great sort of underwatery. Yeah. There's so many interesting sounds that it, if if you are a person who just likes weird sounds, the software defined radio is your friend. Like it's really cool and fun and one of the things that's really fun is you can just kind of surf around through the interface and then be like oh what's this and you're like oh that's that's 890 megahertz well what is that and then you just google 890 megahertz and you get all sorts of stuff 
mm-hmm. and then you're like that could be it you know like you kind of don't really know so it's fun to like kind of dig in and see what's up and people have definitely done pretty interesting tricks like found things like uh if like like you can instead of using a, a classic antenna you can like attach it to the the circuit board on your laptop and then you mm-hmm. get like all sorts of cool laptop frequencies like um kind of visualized and stuff so you can like hear yourself tapping on the keys uh like the when the circuit board sort of registered that there's a key press and stuff like there's some pretty yeah. pretty cool stuff online um So that so that was interesting. So there's the five minute piece just went by, and um, I feel like the <laughs> so so I'll have to send you this file. But um, the AIF automatically opened up in um, iTunes, uh-huh. and so I never use iTunes for anything. I think yeah. I have four albums on here. One of them being Songs of Innocence by U2 because of that awful marketing decision where they pushed it to every new iPhone on the 7. Yeah. Do, you remember, yep. do you remember this? Oh, yes. So, but also that apparently my voice memos were backed up to iTunes. <laughs> so I was listening to your piece, which is all, you know, very sort of like dreamy and surreal and ambient. And then it cut to a voice memo where I was trying to make a friend of mine laugh by uh, imitating Bane from Batman. I was like, <laughs> Batman, you know, I was born of darkness. <laughs> so it was kind of a, it was pretty jarring to come out of your uh, your thought piece with That's that uh, little bullshit thing. Five minutes actually seemed like a really short amount of time for the kind of investigation that you're doing. Because uh, there, I mean, it sounds like there's yeah. just so much material there, right? That you only just, yep. like you you were trying to provide a lot of examples of the, of the variety you could get. And I, it really makes me crave an even longer experience where there's more, um, more time to get used to a particular sound before moving to the next one. Yeah. And that you could, I mean, the, the thing I like about the, um, um, you are listening dot to dot two mm-hmm. is it just goes on infinitely. Like you can just leave yeah. it on and it's like really great. If you're just working on some creative project and you want some background sound, um, and this was definitely like a, almost like a medley, like putting on the hits for the weird sounds you can get from a radio. Because yep. I assume a lot of it in there is just garbage that's not really, you couldn't necessarily just tell a computer to listen to random frequencies, right? Because you'd get a lot of nothing. Yeah, most of what I recorded was, was largely nothing. You know, like yeah. I never, I never got, even though I could have gotten, I never got like 88.9, which is a radio station, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, I got all the... I mean, it's funny because like, but you get stuff that you're like, oh, this is something. And you look it up and you're like, well, that could actually be 
the signal that traffic lights emit. Like there's a lot of things that you just don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. or they're like, it'll be like, um, federally identified band for utility, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, that could be some sort of train signal. It could be nothing like, you know, there's just, you kind of have to know what you're listening to a little bit to, in order for it Mm -hmm. to make any sense. And I, I don't at this point yet, but it is really fun for 20 bucks. It's, it's a lot of fun. Like you plug it into your USB port. It has a little antenna. You load a free piece of software and it's pretty neat to like just tune around and like listen to stuff, you know? And there's a lot of cool stations like um, on the AM dial, you know, with in different languages and stuff. So, it's kind of just it fun to have a imagine. radio, which is silly, but yeah, I don't really have one well, anymore. So, well, I, I think that the um, the black box of the phone and its ability to do anything makes it uh, kind of boring in some ways. And there's yeah, something really yeah. attractive about a purpose built thing that reveals all the noise that's normally kept from us. Yep. Mm. So, what, so what do you think? Should we talk? Um, should we talk about it next time? Yeah, next challenge. So we were talking about this idea up top. Uh, Would you mind laying it out? I'm curious to hear your thoughts about it. Yeah. So um, you you may know more about this than I do, but uh, Osama bin Laden's browser history. Is it also his cache and stuff? Like... um, It's everything. So it's... um, Is it like a hard drive of his stuff? I think it's like... It's almost 350 gigs. So it's a ton of stuff. So it's, let's see, 18,000 documents. (laughs) Now, uh, MediaITE.com reports that it's 79,000 audio bytes, but (laughs) something tells me that's not the right. Uh, So I'm going to back up and look at a different one here. Let's try motherboard. So, yeah, I think it's it's just, they took his whole computer and every single bit of data on it is crunched down into a file that you can download from the FBI or the CIA, basically. Wow. Yeah. They do not guarantee that it is virus-free. It includes documents about the Illuminati as well as Charlie bit my finger. (laughs) So a trove of nearly 470,000 documents, audio files, images, and videos from the Abbottabad compound where he was killed during the 2011 U.S. raid were released on Wednesday. So that's about 24 hours ago as of this taping. Oh, no. I just went there, and it says that the files are no longer available. Oh, come on, man. Pending resolution of a technical issue. Well, I mean, maybe it just got slammed. That's a yeah. huge file to offer to everybody. Yeah, it sure is. You'd think the government would have a vested interest in discrediting this guy, and to reveal him to be purient in any way would seem to be of their benefit. I think taxpayer money hosted. <laughs> oh, there you go. You know, like it gets into, yeah. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Oh, wait, here we go. For example, some of the material being withheld from public release are the following copyrighted videos. Ants with a Z, Final Fantasy Seven, <laughs> Ice Age Dawn of Dinosaurs. Um... The Three Musketeers. Where in the world is Osama bin Laden? <laughs> so I so I suppose wow. that because um, some people have noted, well, there were a bunch of kids at that compound, so maybe like you, it wasn't that he was necessarily watching Chicken Little, uh, but yeah, he participated in it. Yeah. Um, 
So I would love to do something around this, but maybe, I don't know, is, is this, is the, is sourcing the material either too challenging or risky to, to make this a challenge? I wonder if we can find it somehow. Maybe what we should do is we should establish this as a challenge, but have a backup challenge and then we'll make the call like in 24 hours or something. If we can get it, we'll run with it. If we can't, we can't. Okay, right, right. So, so we got that. So, what's our backup challenge going to be? I, I have, I have one that's just a possible idea. Bring it. Space exploration. Okay, makes sense to me. That's that's one one thought I had. What about uh, putting a modifier on there, like dollar store space exploration? Ooh. Yeah. Or yeah, like uh, low lo-fi space. Tell me more uh, about lo-fi space. Yeah, lo- lo- lo-fi, I was thinking, like, that way it would sort of just be, you could decide to go to the thrift store, you could decide mm-hmm. to go, you could, I guess, interpret lo-fi, yeah, you could, like, it's a little upcycle broader. something, you could make something out of trash. Mm-hmm. I like it. Oh, do you have anything to, anything on your list of stuff you're into? Yeah, um... Uh, a, a buddy of mine, this guy I'm just getting to know because our kids are in daycare together. Um, we started trading some sci-fi books. So, so we go to each other's houses to drop our kids off. And then it's been funny because we were looking at each other's bookshelves and we have not, not only like the same books, but the same edition of books, like this particular hardcover collection of three Calvin and Hobbes com, uh, comic collections. Uh-huh. And then you think, wow, you know, we must have something in common. So, so he lent me... Uh, a nice pulpy science fiction novel, I think called old man's war about how you can apply to the army in the future when you're 75 and they give you this rejuvenation treatment, but it's all super secret. And so, you know, clearly you, you like go launch off into space and then the, you know, horrors are revealed or whatever. So that's starting to go pretty well. But then I also lent him, uh, under the skin. Have you ever read that book or seen that movie? No. Really, really good. So in the movie, I don't want to give anything away, but one of the cool things about how it's recorded is it's uh, starring Scarlett Johansson, but they have her kind of dressed down. And so for the, uh, so a lot of it's, you know, conventional, it's all actors and they're doing their thing. But um, a lot of the movie involves her driving around and picking up strange men. And so she has this big car. It's the kind where right behind the front seats, there's an opaque wall, you know, that separates the the compartment. Um, it's like a, like a, um, like an industrial van. And so there's a whole film crew hidden in the industrial container part that are invisible. And then there's all these hidden cameras in the cab. So she would pick up these guys and sort of act out her character, but the guys would be non-actors and they'd just be responding completely normally. And they were, you know, they'd be like drunks on a Saturday night or whatever. Um, but then they're pulled into this science fiction narrative that's super bizarre and, um, it's it's just super it's super aestheticized, kind of like two thousand one, where it's really smart and it's sort of it's not just about um, the G whiz factor. It's really mind blowing. But both the book and the movie are really fantastic, so I recommend them. That's cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? I got a few things. Um, the first thing is the Flyover Country app. Mm-hmm. And the Flyover Country app is an offline app that uses your GPS. So you can, on your phone or on your iPad, on a plane, see what's below on the map. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like such a brilliant idea. It's like a thing I always wonder when I'm in the plane, like, what is that? 
you know have you ever flown on a plane where you could actually see that i have yeah like, have i tried like that on, on the back oh, oh no, no, no i'm yeah, talking about yeah. um yep when i yep. was on i was flying back from india i think and uh whatever airline it was that went like kingfisher or whatever you could there was an actual camera you could look at that was just that straight at the bottom of the plane <laughs> oh that's neat i've only ever gotten yeah. like the sort of google Maps style mm-hmm. thing you know um, well, that's cool yeah i've not tried this app so i don't know how good it is but i really 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 want to fly and to try it because i'm 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 pretty excited about it. it's it's supposedly very nice like topo maps very like yep. with like lots of cool features um, the other thing is web SDR, which I talked about before, which is mm-hmm. um, software defined radios that people sort of have built web interfaces for. So you can go online and like tune around on different people's radios, which is really cool. Um, and then I got a cool YouTube link, which is this channel called the lock picking lawyer. And mm-hmm. this person, I guess is a liar, but, but uh, they are really into like lock craft. So, figuring out how to open locks, pick locks, etc. And he does some s- totally amazing things. Um one of the the wildest ones he has is um there's this thing called the ram set and the ram set is a is a small hand it looks like a hot glue gun but it's it uses a 22 caliber rifle cartridge. So there's no bullet but the the casing is there and the, the black powder gunpowder is in there, but the, the blow the core out or something. It shoots the Ram set shoots up. It's um, yeah, it just shoots a rod like on a spring, you know, like it essentially shoots a rod out the end of the, the grip. Uh, yeah. Like no country for old men. Yeah. It's used for driving. Um, uh, it's a gas actuated, what they call a gas actuated nail gun, right? But mm-hmm. but when it has no nail in it, you know, it's got the, like, um, essentially what comes out is, uh, if, yeah, if you've ever seen No Country for Old Men, it's very similar in a way. Um, yeah. uh, so he has this, like, it'll be like XYZ lock versus the RAM set. And um, it's really smart, though. It's not, like, um, just all about trying to destroy the lock. He'll He'll do, like, these, he'll be like, I think the weakest spot of this lock is here for this and this and this reason. Mm -hmm. And I've picked it and it looks like that. And so I'm going to see if I put this Ram set nail gun on this weak (laughs) part of the lock and shoot the lock with it. What'll happen. Uh, And you see, I'm loving the safety on this thing. So the one that I'm watching is he's wearing a pair of loafers and then he has the lock just uh, propped up against a, um, uh, like a blanket or something in his yeah <laughs> yeah he doesn't i mean it's like it is safe i don't uh, yeah yeah it's he doesn't like yeah um it's a very uh-huh. professional video but it doesn't well, it's cool it's very accessible at the same time yeah and he doesn't mm-hmm, take mm-hmm. extraordinary measures um in that regard for like safety equipment but um yeah. i mean you'll see these like amazing locks and it'll be like well let's just see if i shoot it right here what happens and you just see the lock like fall into six pieces <laughs> like yeah. whoa yeah. man my bike is not safe um they're very entertaining. They're very educational in a way, though. Too, it's not. It's not, um, you know, like pornographic, right? And it's just like, okay, we're gonna see if we can make this work. And he's, he's quite good. 
All right, I'll wrap us up. You can find photos of our finished projects at our project site called projects.opposablepodcast.com. We've got some awesome gifts up there from last episode. Uh, and we also have a lot of links in the show notes. Uh, and we'll be posting other stuff on our Instagram account and on social media. Uh, you can listen to episodes directly at opposablepodcast.com. And this time you'll want to go to opposablepodcast.com and see what the challenge is going to be and who's doing mm-hmm. it before we start. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on pins and needles. Yes. Handmade pins and needles. Opposable pins and needles. Um, <laughs> we've sent out some opposable thumb stickers to places across the land. Uh, shout out to uh, Joe, I think his name is, from Japan. Yes. Uh, who runs a really cool website uh, reviewing Japanese beers, which is really neat. And He lives uh, in Japan. Oh, that was his website. He wasn't just a member of the website. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah we, we got a, um, an e- a really nice email from a listener um, who lives in Japan, and um, he's been there for about 14 years or so. And uh, really interesting reviews of beers from Japan. It's really cool to see beers that you just don't get to see here in the United States. You know, mm-hmm. um, His website is called uh, Goku B-E-E-R-T-E-N-G-O-K-U.com. Uh, and it seems really cool. So we sent him a sticker because he asked for one. And if you would like a sticker, just ask us for one and we'll send you one. Um, we'd like to give Nick a shout out as our top Patreon supporter. Thank you, Nick. Uh, if you'd like to join Nick in the league of Patreon supporter badasses, just go to patreon.com slash opposable thumbs to sponsor us. Uh, our podcast is dedicated to providing a harassment-free experience for everyone, regardless of race, gender, age, sexual orientation, disability, physical appearance, body size, knowledge of subject matter, or religion, or lack thereof. We actively support an inclusive environment, and we want you to be a part of it. You can check out our full code of conduct over at our site. Taylor, we made it through another episode, episode 18. We did it. Um, so our challenges, just to remind ourselves, is either going to be lo-fi space exploration mm-hmm. or um what about a bad about uh what's it about a bad data dump about a bad data dump yes <laughs> <laughs> if we can get a hold of the about a bad da- data dump that hasn't been scrubbed by the cea cia of every, anything that could be interesting okay my man it's all right a pleasure we'll, as always. we'll find out soon what we're making <laughs> Oh, shit. Is this time-based improv? Well, it worked out anyway. I need to read our briefs more carefully.